You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. 6.45 here on a Wednesday. And the question, I think, well, this is what question came to my mind. Are we one step closer to uh, curing an opiate crisis, which is sweeping across our country? And I asked this because I saw a title in the paper of a B.C. woman who has become the first person to receive an implant that releases a drug that helps treat the addiction. Um, and, and those who would be qualified would be people in, in a sustained recovery. So you, you've, you know, you're willing to go to treatment. You've gone through all the withdrawal. You've done a lot of the heavy lifting. But this would give a, a patient some freedom to kind of grow. Um, but it's a safety measure which avoids the withdrawal and maybe turning back to the needle when the urge presents itself. Dr. Manak is the doctor who administered the first injection of this. She's an experienced physician, uh, an expert in the field, of course, of addiction medicine in Kamloops, and she joins us now. Hi there. Whoops. Hey there, doctor. Hi. Hi there. Sorry. A bit of a disconnection there. Um, this, this, I think a lot of people are cautiously optimistic, maybe looking at this as a game changer. Is it in your view? I think it is for patients, for sure. Um, and I, I heard you were just saying about, um, you know, for people who are eligible for this. So I'm thinking that a lot of people are hoping that this is going to solve the opioid epidemic. But the real problem with that is it's not just an opioid epidemic, it's an addiction epidemic. And this is just one tool that we have for patients who have, like you said, already done the heavy lifting and they're more or less stable. And it, it really just ties the ape, uh, breaks those apron strings that they're just hanging on to as a reminder of that um, past life that they had. So it's for patients who are already on a medication called phenorphine. It's uh, usually taken sublingually. Um, some people know it as Suboxone. And this uh, implant has buprenorphine impregnated on it. And so really, instead of taking a pill every day or twice a day, it's for uh, six months. Okay. And so in this particular case, it was a mom who had, I guess, become addicted to opiates the way a lot of people do, which is through pain medication for, um, she has a bowel inflammation uh, d- d- disease that she deals with. And of course, a lot of people get hooked on opiates. And so she went through the withdrawal and now she's in a stable uh, position. Um, so she becomes the ideal candidate. Who else then would qualify? Could this program be rolled out so that once you go into treatment, this becomes an option that people can work towards? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So you're you're dead on the money. It's not just about the medication. It's actually getting some holistic treatment for the, the disease of addiction. And once you've kind of gotten on that path, um, this would be the next stage for that person's recovery. And like I said, you know, let's say if you work in Fort Mac and it's a dry camp and you can't have any medication with you or the pharmacies, you know, literally an hour away, or you can't have any narcotic type medications uh, with you in the camp, this would be an ideal uh, medication for those that are um, just looking, like I said, the next stage in their recovery, which is the little bit of freedom that they have not that constant reminder of what they've gone through. And and although that's not always a bad thing in terms of if you're feeling at risk of relapse, this just allows them a little bit more freedom to have a normal life. 
Now, it's a six-month injection, and then I guess the idea is you put it in one side of the arm, and then you move over and inject and implant something on the other side of the body, so there's never a, an interruption with the with the medicine being released. But is this a permanent state for somebody in withdrawal? Like, are they always on this? So, I mean, it'll depend on what your goals are. And, and just to clarify, it's not an injection. That is actually another medication that's coming out probably later this summer. Uh, that would be a 28-day depot right. injection that good. This is actually four rods. They're very short. They're about 26 millimeters in length. Um, and they're actually impregnated just underneath the skin for a period of six months. And when you take that out, you can put it on the other side. And it'll depend after that what the patient's goals are. Um, typically, they would feel, in quotes, normal, which means no withdrawal, like you said, uh, no euphoria. And then depending on what the patient's goals are, you would either continue to taper down. I think that's what most people are hoping for. Um, or you could just switch switch sides, like I said, or like you said. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, as we, we look across this country, because while BC, I think, has gotten most of the spotlight on the opiate crisis, it's certainly not um, a BC problem. This is a crisis that is sweeping across North America, certainly across Canada. We've got uh, issues and we hear of deaths on a daily basis, uh, I think over 10,000 people in this country have died of, of an opiate addiction in the last uh, couple of years. What is your goal and how do you see this particular implant being used, um, you know, looking down the road? Because certainly uh, we've got one person now, but how would it ideally roll out for you? Um, in an ideal world, um, most people would have access to uh, treatment that's readily available and affordable. Right. And so the first step in that is, you know, acknowledging that they need help. And then in case of this implant, the next step, if that's what their goal is, um, is to get on the sublingual medication. Because you, you can't stabilize a person who's in withdrawal, you know, in terms of their mental health stuff and, and social functioning. Right. And the first thing is to stabilize them, how they feel physically, and then doing the real work of their addiction, which is the mental health and, you know, the homelessness and uh, trauma issues. Um, um, and then, and this would follow after once they're in a period of stable uh, remission from their illness. Right. So it's, it's like not like you can give this one. to anybody who's not. They have to have a, a somewhat of a stable situation. They can't be living out on the streets. Um, I mean, well, you know, for those people, and I think that a lot of people are hoping that this will do that. However, in order to get on this medication, you have to be on eight milligrams of the sublingual formulation or less. And the people that are on it are either people who don't have a high tolerance or people who are tapering down. And, you know, like the maximum dose was 24. So if they're tapering down and now they're at eight and they've worked hard to get there, it's for those people that this implant would be um, good for. For people who are, you know, street and trench and using IV fentanyl, IV carfentanyl, um, they're not stable enough to warrant a low dose like that. Mm-hmm. So it wouldn't be enough for them. Um, but will they have, could they eventually get on here? Absolutely. And I'm really hoping that that's the case for many people because it just allows them that little bit of freedom to have a normal life. But street entrenched people are a little bit away from that still. Right. I mean, look, I, I plead ignorant on, on a lot of issues like this because I, I'm fortunate enough not to be in the situation of being addicted to opiates. But, you know, I kind of look at it and say, we got to get these people off of substances. So get them into treatment as soon as possible. It would be ideal in an ideal world to make sure that everyone who goes into one of the injection sites could possibly get into uh, some kind of supportive, um, you know, program. But it's just we don't seem to have kind of a, a, an approach or um, any kind of real plan moving forward to solve this yet. 
Well, I would agree, although you should be aware that everybody who goes to an overdose prevention site or an injection site does have access if they ask for the sublingual formulation. So they can go in and, and, and at the same time get that and then possibly learn about this program? Absolutely. Okay. Now, that the sublingual formulation has been there. Yeah. It, I think part of what you're talking about is our approach to how we help right. people. So I'm a strong believer in recovery because I think patients can do it. I think our current approach is more from a harm uh, reduction perspective, which yeah. has its own benefit. But it's meeting the person where they're at right now. And a lot of people aren't there in order to want this because it is available for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Well, it's about investing a bit of time in somebody and making sure that they get stable enough, hopefully to get, uh, get this. But I got to be honest, I was, I was happy to read the headline and it's certainly a positive step forward. So I thank you very much for joining us. No, it is a positive step forward. And like I said, there's going to be another one coming down the pike like within six months. And these are just other tools that we both as providers as well as patients have in order to get, you know, what patients really want, which is their life back. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dr. Manak, thank you so much for joining us. I really appreciate it. Here on Point on Global News Radio.